You can you can wake up in Positano, uh, or anchored looking at Positano. You can have a lunch in Capri and dinner in Ischia, and that's that's without wow. even breaking a sweat. Now you you cannot do that by land. Buongiorno, amici. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, and I'm Tommaso. And as of this time, Kimberly is somewhere between Capri, Amalfi, and Ischia herself. So I'm here alone in Jamestown. And she's off in Italy. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, that wonderful individual you heard at the beginning was our friend Clive Deasy. Clive is a yachting professional in the Mediterranean based out of Palma, Mallorca. And Clive and his wife became our good friends and have remained so throughout the years. There's one thing I found out in 40 years of sailing. Some of the friendships you make, even though you may have only sailed with a person a short period of time, those friendships go on. You hook up in a bar later on, you sit there having a glass of wine or a beer, and it's like, oh, 12 years ago, we sailed together in San Tropez or San Francisco or Newport. The friendships are enduring. And I've got to tell you something. I am still, to this day, mesmerized, surprised, and enchanted by what the sailing world offers. I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts in a three-decker. I didn't grow up in a sailing or a yachting family. And I fell into it by accident one day. And uh, I sailed a little bit in Boy Scouts and whatever, but I ended up um, doing quite a bit. And the friendships, I go back to that comment about the friendships, the friendships are really, really enduring. And Clive and Chris are just two of the many friends that I've had from Australia, England, Finland, Japan, Argentina, Canada, France, Italy, Spain, New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland. It's just a wonderful, wonderful world to experience. And on that note, all of you, our listeners in 107 countries, are our friends also. And I would like to apologize for being a day late in getting this episode out. I decided to rip apart the studio, redo the whole thing right after Kimberly left. And the long and the short of it is, sometimes it's just technology. And I've been using technology for so long, when it fails or messes up. Like a lot of people, I'm just completely at a loss, even though I know this stuff frontwards and backwards. It just sometimes the gremlins show up and they showed up in the past couple days as I was putting everything back together. We have a semi-professional studio and uh, well, the signal chain, something got in it and it took me a while to figure out what it was. But here we are. My apologies I will make sure next week's episode is on time, okay? Thanks very much. Again, my apologies. So without further ado, while Kimberly is probably having a Aperol spritz and a pasta somewhere on the coast of Italy, let's jump right into You too can charter a yacht and enjoy the Italian coast. So we're here today with Clive Deasy, as I mentioned before, our good friend who's now residing in Palma. He's born in Ireland. He's a yacht captain and a little bit of our history of our friendship. Uh, Clive and I met one of the boats I was sailing on for many years in racing. Clive became the captain of it. And I think we met on the one of the stormiest days ever when we had to tie it off down in Jamestown. And it, it, it was honking. So Clive, welcome, right. welcome very much. Um, our friendship began as very stormy and it's, uh, it's going along smooth, much smoother now. <laughs> 
started off with dark and stormy and now it's more like uh aperol spritz welcome to the podcast thanks for taking the time thank you very much tc um good to see you and i'm really enjoying uh i've been following the podcast for the last few months in fact i've been over and back to italy quite a bit so it's been a nice company while i'm driving down one of the autostradas between Bologna and a boatyard that I'm doing some work at. So um, it's been great and nice to hear your voices coming through this. I think you mentioned in your last WhatsApp that the roadside Bolognese wasn't quite what I was talking about. Yeah, unfortunately, I I listened to that podcast while driving towards Bologna, but I had a kind of a motel booked that night. And uh, (laughs) yeah, what you discussed in terms of... The culinary delights of Bologna was not evident in the uh, restaurant there, that's for sure. So tell us about what you do now, Clav. I know you started out in life as an architect. That's right. And now you're a yacht manager, yacht captain in Palma. So tell us how that evolved. Yeah, so my wife and I, we met in university and we both studied architecture together and qualified. Started a new life as uh, architects back in the mid-2000s, but it all ended quite abruptly with the worldwide recession. And we sort of were looking for options. Fortunately, all through my education, I had always sailed and I'd always sailed all summer long. So I would finish a year in architecture college and then I would head off either on a boat or on a plane. I'd get to the med and I would start typically sailing on swans or which we'll talk about later, but um, sort of high performance boats that required a lot of crew and a lot of grunt work. And you just sort of hitched rides and got going and built a reputation. And it was, I had enough of a reputation that when the wheels came off the Irish economy in 2008, I was able to sort of seamlessly slip into yachting. So what began as a kind of extended honeymoon and let's just wait to see this thing blow over and let's go and work as a as a team with my wife and I. We'll let this blow over and we'll be back working as architects in a year. And that was 2008. And now we are 2022 and I'm still sailing. So that's basically how it's, um, yeah, that's basically how we sort of had this shift. But we haven't looked back and we still, I, do, I feel that architecture as an education has still served me well and continues to serve me well and and my wife and we both um, have done many different things to be sort of proud of in the last 14 15 years in, in different parts of the world so it's been it's been a good ride so far and just to refresh your memory if any of you have listened to the previous podcast any of the episodes where i've quoted the word stoptional we, on jamestown we have one flashing red light and i think clive came home for dinner one night and uh, the first time we'd heard the word stoptional, <laughs> and he just said, how could you stop for one flashing red light where there's no one on the road for miles? <laughs> so yeah. when I use that, I, I have to always credit Clive. Yeah, you know, I think Kim, it, may, it may well have been Kimberly that, that sort of put the option and stop together. But between us and a couple of glasses of wine, we, we came up with that word. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have yield signs in uh, in Europe, which is that sort of stoptional thing where you can kind of roll through. And I was very slow to grasp that. And Jamestown police certainly um, were were wise to the, <laughs> wise to that. <laughs> Luckily, I had different rental cars, but they, they, they struggled to keep up with me. Yeah. And they also saw your international license and yeah. they were like, mm, <laughs> now this will be far too much paperwork. 
But yeah, no, we had a good time. We had a good time in Jameson. That was the, the, the beginning, as you said. That was the beginning of our uh, kind of odyssey in sailing, uh, my wife and I. And yeah. we did a year and a half, two years together with the, with both summers based out of Jamestown, which is how we got to know um, you guys so well. Yeah. And uh, from there, uh, as you mentioned, Alice, my wife, decided to uh, not work for me any longer. <laughs> <laughs> quite uh, sensibly she went off on her own path and uh, we she first went back to Ireland and started bakery and I kept sailing and then ended up also in Europe and we made that work for another few years then kids came along so we needed to sort of recalibrate again and very it just very briefly that that's what brought us to Palma we had um, we had a lot going on in Ireland and I was traveling a lot but we needed to try to sort of bring it all back to one spot and that spot ended up being palma which is a really uh it's a, it's been a great move for us and it's a major sailing hub in the med so it's it's a place with opportunity for both of us we are embracing all of it now that we're finally doing this interview which mm-hmm. is great because you've been so busy and spent a lot of time in italy this summer mm-hmm. um, and the basis of this whole thing is if you're if you're either a one of the one half of 1%, 1%, or B, you win the lottery. How do you spend your money on your wonderful Italian vacation? There you go. Well, give us an idea of your current profession as a yacht captain, what you think about cruising in the Mediterranean around Italy, and what's the best time for people? You just, you know, just give us a core knowledge dump on us about Italy and sailing. Sure. Yeah. So Italy is, it's predominantly where we end up. I've been there. I've been in the med for the last eight seasons. I've just finished my eighth season on a boat, which we'll discuss a little bit later, but we'll just talk a bit yep. more generally now. Um, and all roads lead to Italy in, in many ways, um, in terms of client demand, its location, and, and just, the, just the diverse offering it has between the islands, uh, both Sardinia, Sicily and then the smaller Aeolians and, and the Pantene Islands and islands of Amalfi, etc. And the mainland itself. So just between the history, the scenery, architecture, food, uh, I mean, it just, it has, it has everything. It has everything. So, you know, there are seasons where we will start somewhere else, but it's, it's rare that we don't touch on Italy that, that one client, be it a repeat or a new client requests somewhere in Italy. So. I've been lucky to see quite a lot of it and also see the evolution of certain places over the seven or eight years that I've been traveling because I'm just passing through all the time. And even even if I'm over in Greece and I haven't having to come back to Spain at the end of the season, Italy's there. It's in the way. Why not? <laughs> so um, you know, I've regularly just made pit stops as well. And and I mean there's there's places and marinas and little restaurants that I, I mean, I did know my name as it come through at this stage. Yeah, it's it's the whole package for sure. So to go back to your question, yeah, win the lotto for sure. There's a huge range, you know. There's a huge range. You yep. can, you know, there are boats out there that we'll see that you know, you need a million euros a week to charter them, yep. and you need many times more than that to own one of these things. But sure. it does go all the way down, right down to kind of to where it would be close to a. A regular, you know, on land, you know, five star week week holiday in a hotel, right? Or a villa somewhere? Or a villa, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yep. kind of gets comparable. It's quite comparable to a villa, actually, uh, mm-hmm. chartering your own boat. So there are um, 
there's a full range. There's a full range. And, but the offering is really outside the boat. So it, it depends on just how much luxury you want and how much you're prepared to spend on that. But really the experience is equal all the way down the range until you get to the point where they're quite small and light and, and it's, it's, it, it can be a little bit wet and damp as you're sailing around. Yes, <laughs> but but the the you know that's that's a kind of a bare boat level, and it's that would be a different sort of a bracket. But once you're into right. into sailing boats or motor boats where there's a crew, there is a level of luxury and service service that that uh, well it it should be expected and and is certainly is there is on offer. Um, given you know the, the industry is quite relatively speaking quite new. You know, it's been going probably and realistically only for the last 25 or 30 years, but crews are well trained and they know what they're doing. And they, they do, we do get, you know, we do manage to offer unforgettable experiences. And we get a lot of repeat, repeat customers that just wouldn't, couldn't see a summer holiday any other way. So yeah, you, you, you definitely get, you get people just get hooked on it. There's a lot of reasons why. It's not for everyone. There's some people that just, you know, you, your bed is always moving. So everything's always right. moving. But the trade-off can be massive, you know, uh, particularly in in real tourist hotspots in high season because you can just tap in and out of it. You can, you can see it from a distance. You can go and experience it and immerse yourself in it. Or you can say, you know something, I'm out, you know, and you can just right. still see these beautiful places. Um and keep your distance. You have your own space. We have on, on all the boats that I've worked on, you know, there's good, very good food on board. We have an onboard chef. And once you've made preference sheet and sent it forward in advance, I mean, whatever you want, we can, we can serve on board. So you, you can experience it in so many, uh, the boat and the location in, in, um, in so many different ways. So how does it work? You mentioned a preference sheet. So I'm an individual. And I, uh, I like sailing and I, I get together with a charter broker. Let's talk through that process. You mentioned a preference sheet. Yeah. So what happens first? I've now chartered your yacht, which is currently, I believe, still Constanter. Constanter. That's right. So everything we're going to speak about here would, would apply to a motorboat as well. But, but let's, let's stay with sailing. So, yep. so, um, yeah, your, your expression of interest, first of all, would go through a broker. Or for this particular boat, Constanter, you can just, just Constanter.com. You can, you can contact me directly. So you would start yep. your conversation there. Then the broker would contact myself. We would, you know, with a request for a location, or they may even, they may be looking for a recommendation. The, the client, you know, where should we go? So what can happen, we, our repeat customers will generally get in touch quite quickly in each year. So kind of generally around Christmas bonus time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so January, you, you'll get a phone call, you know, if the year went well and they'll say, okay, where are we going? We're going to do 10 days this year. We're going to do two weeks. And I will actually sort of, I will build the route that the boat will take around the bed based on the, their preferences or their their locations that they're desiring. So usually we cater, you know, first come first serve. So if someone says I want to go to Amalfi in August and they're first in, I'll say done. And if they get a deposit down, the boat will be there. And then if someone then looks is looking for August but they were in Amalfi last year or but want Italy, then I know I can get them into the Aeolian Islands and I can be there in 24 hours. So we sort of build this kind of loop that makes sense for everyone. 
And then we can also incentivize if there's a, a strange gap of six days or not a full week and there's further inquiries, we can then incentivize that and financially and just tailor a, a short a short trip and use a villa on shore or, or you, you know, we can have a balanced holiday. So that also that also works. So once once that's sort of done and the deposit is down, then I will normally contact directly with the client or their PA and we'll start building just getting a sense of who they are and what they want to achieve and how adventurous they might be or how how much foodies they might be or both. And Mm -hmm. we'll get a sense of, of what they want to get out of their week or two weeks on the boat. Then that gets fed down into the chef and we will, we, we could have dry stores, you know, based on these preference sheets in the boat in May. Uh, before we ever mm-hmm. leave Mallorca or wherever we're setting the boat up for the season. And then you've just got, you know, it's quite to, to keep these, to keep it moving quite well. And uh, you can have quite short turnarounds. So we'll have, you know, we'll have spreadsheets going and uh, we'll have mm-hmm. agents delivering fresh food. And the whole idea is that we take all of that heavy lifting away so that once the guests arrive, you know, from whatever long haul flight or maybe they're flying private or whatever, um, and they get, through the traffic and they get to the boat, they're done. They can just switch their minds off and everything's there. Everything's there. And off we go. Let's just say, you know, you mentioned before if how much they want to experience the shore, they can go and tap into it and stand off. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I've noticed uh, and, and seen in, in my trips to Italy is, you know, I've always thought of what it'd be like because I've always been there racing. I've never cruised yeah. in Italy. You mentioned standing off, the ability to sit off, look at some place like Cinque Terre yeah. or Positano and not have to deal with it, but still experience the yeah. whole thing while sipping a n- nice glass of wine exactly. and having a wonderful dinner. Exactly. So you're on an anchor offshore. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, I'm mm-hmm. um, typically, um, the one thing I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be championing sailing boats now over motorboats, but a sailing boat. Well, so am I. That's well, okay. yeah. <laughs> it gives you a 360 view. So if, if the listeners here are familiar with motorboats, you tend to be sitting out the back of a motorboat and then there's a superstructure right. and a bridge and the, and the, the, the crew are driving from the front. So you're looking at the back at the wake of the boat yep. that moves along. And also when you're at anchor, typically the dining area is back there. Yep. A sailing boat is different. It's, it's, you, you sit very much on the boat and you have a 360 view at any time. So as the boat is, swinging on its anchor you know you you're just you just have the entire backdrop of capri or as you said um uh, chincaterra elba yeah. salerno stromboli volcano whatever it is it's just mm-hmm. it, it's it's a full you're fully immersed you know it, it's just all around you so yeah we would typically anchor off as sailing uh, clients who choose sailing tend to be a little bit more adventurous so they would generally want to kind of get on, you know, in a week's time, we'll touch land again um, in terms of, you know, or spend a night on land again. So they, they are, you know, pushing to be at anchor as much and as autonomous as possible for the week. Um, and we can do that. You know, we have all the refrigeration re- required and, and for the little bit of fresh this and that or um, fresh seafood etc you know we we have we have our points and we have our contacts and we can either get it sent out to us or we can quickly go in with the tender so it doesn't really upset the the week mm-hmm. so the but just going back to that standoff thing i mean the beauty of 
the, the best example really is the Amalfi area, Capri, Naples area. I mean, what you can achieve on your own boat there versus trying to do it by land. I mean, it's, it's just night and day. So an example being you can, you can wake up in Positano, uh, or anchored looking at Positano. You can have a lunch in Capri and dinner in Ischia. And that's, that's without even breaking a sweat. Now you, you cannot do that by land, you know, even with, you know, private cars or whatever way you want to do it, you just can't get through the traffic. You, You cannot get around Naples and get, get both sides in, in, in a day. And would you want to do that? Sometimes you would actually with a sailing boat. One is you get a beautiful breeze coming in from the, the Bay of Naples as the afternoon heat comes in, the sea breeze comes in, but also you get this amazing counterpoint between Procida and Capri and they're 10 miles apart, but one is, one is Capri and one is, I mean, just this fishing town that, um, you know, time forgot. And you can experience uh-huh. two sides of the same place in a couple of hours, which is, yeah, it's a unique, it's a unique way to, to do it. And you mentioned before the tender. So you have a tender aboard that can take people ashore? Yeah, we have a small, it's a small inflatable tender, but it's strong enough. We can wakeboard off the back of it. Uh, it'll wow. take six guests in and out to, um, to shore. And, you know, if you have a dinner reservation or, or what have you, it's, it, it takes no, it takes no time at all. We run them in and either they'll, they'll take a radio with them or mobile phone. And right. We, they, once they're done, we let, we, um, they let us know. And it's, it could be a beach pickup. It could be off a rock typically in Capri or in uh, Amalfi. It could be clambering down some rocks or, or just on one of those beautiful Lido's that they would have built a hundred years ago and you spin right. it and pick them up. And the w- one other thing, sorry, I'm jumping here a bit, but. No, that's okay. Please. If you take somewhere like Amalfi, Positano, especially those mainland towns. Um, you know, there's a lot of day trips going on there. And, you know, come seven o'clock when those, when those day trips, particularly the day tripping boats leave, you know, you get these towns back to yourself. And, you know, if you're anchored off them, you, you, you can actually, you can judge when it's time to go in. You, know, you see that the, you, you see the streets quite enough. And once the ferries, the day tripping ferries stop, suddenly you have the waterfront back to yourself and, and you really, and sometimes you still have the sun, you know, you have the twilight of the sun going down and you'll, you'll be alone, you know, on these waterfronts after an hour previous to what might have been thousands of people on that same beach. Mob scene in tank tops. Yeah. <laughs> now, given just what you've said, I mean, just what you said before, experience Ischia and, and Positano and Capri all in one day. Yeah. I've sailed the Med many times. And that lit me up right there going, oh, my God, really? Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. And what a wonderful thing for someone even like myself to experience that. So I have to check my Christmas bonus. There you go. Check your Christmas bonus and then get in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's also, I mean, we, so we take six guests. Yep. I would recommend four, like any boat that people look at, I would also, I would always pull back a little bit from their maximum amount because I think everyone gets a better, it'd be the same you, th- you think about any any kind of an, uh, um, an offering. If you pull back a little bit, pull back by 20%, I think you get the best offering. Then you'll have the best level of service and you'll have a little bit more space. But, you know, if if you, when you factor it all in, I mean, it, there is a, it is a big sum up front. 
but really, you know, you, you, all the incidentals are gone, you know, because it's very controlled, it's very managed. Um, once you get on that boat, you know, everything's there already. And you have a, you know, we talked about the provisioning allowance. That's preloaded. It's, it's sent to us in advance, but we have it. It's, you know, it's live. People are aware of how much, you know, has been spent and, and, and what's left. And um, so there's full transparency. And yes, there's, it's, it's, not, it's not the cheapest holiday you'll ever go on. But it is, it's, it's contained. You know, you don't end up with speeding fines. You don't end up, which can happen in Italy or parking fines, probably more than speeding fines. Um, right. And yeah, you, do, you, you don't get caught out because we take all of that sort of stress away um, as crew. What is the stress on the wallet for a week like this? So for Constantor, you would be looking at um, all in for a week in high season. Somewhere around twenty-seven thousand, but these are euros, and these do- with your U.S. dollars these days, you know, I mean, this is nothing. Right. This is nothing for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, that's all in. Yeah, that's with, with you know, that's with VAT paid, and 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 that would be averaging out how much how much the provisioning allowance would have been spent as well. That would be all in. Yeah, I look at this, and and Kimberly and I have talked about this, and one of the things that we've talked about is stressing the fact that. This is an investment in an experience. Mm. It's not, it's, it, it's a vacation. It's a wonderful vacation, mm. but it's an investment in an experience. And you mentioned how people come back year after year mm. because they want that same experience. Mm. And you just can't, I don't think assure. I mean, in a five star, we've got clients. I mean, 27,000 people have spent that in a week ashore. Yeah. But this, it's not the same experience. Mm. You know, sitting by the pool every day is not yeah. the same experience. Yeah. You know what people where Kimberly will arrange a private driver and a and a boat, which could end up being, you know, all of a sudden that's, you know, fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred euros for the day. Yeah. That driver, sorry to call your driver yeah. here, Captain, but yeah. you know, that driver's built in yeah. because you've got the the rib available yeah. Yeah. and the five star experience and somebody wants yeah. to take a swim, there's no yeah. one at the pool. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. where they are. Yeah. As we say, yeah, we, we call the transom of the boat is we call the transom of the boat the beach club. You know, it's it's there. The, the beach club is open. We the beach club. We, yeah, yes. we, we arrive at at um, the Faglioni Rocks at Capri. Uh, anchor goes down as soon as the boat's secure. I open the transom of the boat and and the uh, and it's the announcement is the beach club is open and and there you go. You know, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, the, the transom of the boat is the back end. Yeah, and the, generally this flat beautiful teak platform hydraulically drops down and Clive would put a little, a little uh, ladder on it and you just then jump in and put your rosé down and have a swim. Off you go. Off you go. Off you go. So um, the other, what we haven't talked about is locate. We we just kept referring to, um, to Naples, Bay of Naples, Amalfi. I mean, that is, that is an absolute hotspot for sure. And, and it deserves it. I think it deserves its its reputation. Um, it's it it's just so unique. I mean, I've traveled a lot, uh, both in stateside and around the Med and, and even um, Atlantic Europe. But um, the Amalfi Coast and uh, the islands of, of Capri and Ischia and Procida, it's really it really is a unique unique setting. The history. Everything about it, the lemons, the food, the Negronis, the, the whole thing. It's just, it, it, it's fabulous. And, and we've, we've done some trips there as well where, um, where people, you know, with hikers, you know, people that 
not hikers in you know in the in the uh, the stereotypical sense, but but keen keen walkers. And there's so many trails there. You know, there's the Walk of the Gods, which takes you from Positano down to Amalfi. The Epanemo, I think, is the dormant volcano on Ischia. There even Capri has that that beauty. You take a chairlift up a little part, but then you can hike the last piece and. You know, again, just so varied and so diverse in, in, in quite a, quite a compact space and best, best viewed by the water and, and best navigated around by the sea. Cause just seeing Positano vertically up, you know, rising from the sea, Capri from all sides, uh, Ischia Procida, all of these places. I mean, just the view is, it's unparalleled seeing them from, um, from the water, but yeah. we can't, we can't ignore the Aeolian Islands and Sicily as well. Another absolutely beautiful area. And again, really only another place that can only be truly captured in a week by having your own marine transport, basically water transport, because there's just so much to cover. And the Aeolian Islands are, aren't actually far from Naples and Amalfi. We've done two week charters where we, we, we do both areas. And it's quite a quite a slick changeover, actually. You generally will have a meal in Amalfi Town. Then we get everyone back on board and you'll have an hour, a couple of hours to chill out. But then I will leave at midnight or 1 a.m., sail overnight. And then around 11 a.m., Stromboli Lighthouse, or Stromboli, I call it Lighthouse. It's known as the Lighthouse of the Med because it's always, <laughs> it's always, uh, it's always streaming lava. <laughs> It will come into view and it's so huge. It's, you know, eight, 900 meters tall. It's as you would draw a volcano. If you're a kid and you, you, someone else tells you draw a volcano, it's just that perfect symmetrical shape with a crater on the top with smoke coming out of it, you know, and this thing just yep. comes straight up on, on the bow. And you arrive there usually by about 3 p.m. if you've left uh, Amalfi the night before. And the, the thing to do there is you go around to the western side of Stromboli. The, as the sun sets to the west behind you and the sky darkens, you will start the smoke that you have been seeing starts to turn to, to fire as you see the, the lava spewing out. And you won't be alone. There'll be a hundred boats all drifting around. Um, as this show starts, you know, and, and what we tend to do is we'll have champagne and we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll serve a dinner while people are just taking this in um and you you'll be there for two three hours and you 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 just get these eruptions boat of lava and then of noise from all the boats as as they see these you know because it's not it's not consistent but but every right typically every two three minutes you just get this boom and and off it goes it just blows lava just as you'd expect it or just as you as you learn it in your in your textbooks in school wow that yeah. that's wonderful the yeah. lighthouse the lighthouse, the lighthouse of, of the mediterranean the, the lighthouse of the med so they you know the apparent oh. people obviously would have navigated by that for for eons and mm-hmm. that that's the first northernmost island of the aeolian islands which then bring you down in stepping stones right down to palermo so you have lipari and panacea and our Panarea and uh, Salinas and Volcano, Alicudi, Filicudi, again, just uh, and all wonderfully diverse. Each each island offers something different, um, and they all take a couple of hours to sail in between. So it's yeah, it's Italy is the country that keeps on 
it just delivers everywhere you go. You know, there's just so much to see. Keeps on giving. What about that wonderful, I, I'm sure you've been there, that wonderful national park northeast of Porto Cervo. The Madalena. Um, I remember racing through. Yeah. Yeah. The Madalena. Yeah. yeah. After you, if you go through the straits and it's, it's, it's honking generally through right. there. And then you end up going through this national park. And I remember sitting on the boat racing one day and because my position is a, a trimmer on the boat, I'm generally either low on one side and, <clears throat> and looking down and asking the navigator, how deep is this here? Thinking we're going to, we're going to, we're going to whack a rock or something. And oh, it's, mm. oh, oh, it's 15 meters and thinking, my God, yeah, it is. It's like crystal clear, clear blue, clear blue. It's, 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 it's just phenomenal. One other question you mentioned going um, overnight. So people go to bed and they're, they're tucked nicely in their bunks yeah. and with a lee cloth or a lee board and you're sailing with the crew generally yeah and they wake up and breakfast is ready correct correct or i mean they can participate you know they can participate as well but either or i mean we had there's enough crew on the boat that we can do it with with, with or without but uh yeah we're always we always welcome company if um if we are sailing through the night uh, but yeah, and again, that's another, you know, in a, in a, it's another experience in a typical summer's evening, it's going to be a full blanket of stars and on whatever stage the moon is at, you're going to capture all of that as well. Um, and right. make your way to the next, uh, the next beautiful location. So have you taken anyone through Straits of Bonifacio at night? At night? No, no, <laughs> no, that's a narrow. Yeah, no, I haven't. No, we've done, uh. The, we've done Messina at night, the Straits of Messina. So the Straits, Straits of Messina is the the channel between the the the, the heel of Italy and and the the ball being Sicily. Yep. in Sicily. And, uh, and you also you have Etna there, so you can actually if Etna is if Etna is going, you can also at night time if you're sailing down that part of the world, you will also you can see the lava flow because um, when when it erupts, there's quite a long flow. Um, yep. At night, you just see this meandering orange trickle, um, mm -hmm. you know, quite high up. Well, Clive, this has been uh, this has been wonderful putting it together. Thank you very much for all this information. I know there will be a lot of people right now thinking about, hmm, hmm, how do I boost my sales in the yeah, third yeah. quarter so get I get the Christmas bonus <laughs> going? Yeah, you know, even for me as a sailor, this has been things that I didn't know about. Yeah, I mean, I would do this. I would do this in a heartbeat. And I'm experienced at it. There's just something that would be just be pure magic. But Constantra.com, I will put a link in our show notes. Thank you. And yeah, get in touch on even for any anything, um, you know, just feel free to get in touch on on any queries that people may have about the med uh, and sailing in particular. I'll happily direct them um, because I do a lot of yacht management and I'm, I'm connected to many aspects and many different types of boats, even motor boats. But don't tell any of our sailing friends. But yeah, I can help them with, uh, with anything. <laughs> anyway, Clive, thank you so much for taking the time. And please give our best to Alice and the kids. And we can't wait to meet the kids. Thank you. And yeah, likewise. Yeah, we will surely, we'll see you shortly. I will be, I will be over and back to Italy this winter on another project. And um, I hear you might be in Palma early next year. So one way or another, yeah. I'm sure our paths will cross. One way or another, wine and a bolognese. Well, and a bolognese, a, a proper bolognese, a la tomato. So there it is, the med at your fingertips via yacht, should you want to experience it. I know Kimberly and I do. Next week's episode will be on art in Venice through the ages. 
Kimberly and I have a very small collection, probably 150 books or so on art. And some of them are just wonderful. You can't find them anymore. And I picked one up a couple of months ago and I started reading it again and I hadn't read it in a long time. And I said, this would be a good episode. So I hope you'll enjoy it next week. Anyway, have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao.